Monkey to Let Go, the podcast platform of the Phenomenalist, by Leopold Lambert. Today, from the Balkans to Lampedusa, Fortress Europe, migrants and refugees, with Anadana Belloc. Hello everyone, today my guest is uh, Anadana Beroš, uh, who is uh, an architect and curator in uh, Zagreb. Um, and this is the last uh, podcast of the series in the Western Balkans, so I'm very happy to finish it uh, with you, Anadana. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, should, I should add to this uh, small introduction of yours that you're also... Uh, let's say a radio host almost, uh, you have the, also this series of interviews that uh, for uh, many of the guests are uh, good friends of uh, the Phenobolist and some, some have even been part of Archipelago. I mean, I'm thinking of uh, Isel Bahaona, Paul and David Garcia, for example, and there, there, I think there's even more. Uh, maybe just to begin this conversation you know, on a pretty... Uh, 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 light level, let's mm. say. Could you maybe tell us about this uh, incredibly incredible lineup of uh, of people you've been interviewing? Mm. Well, um, yes, I, I feel more comfortable on the other side of, of being the interviewer. Than yeah, than me too. <laughs> of course, and you were the very first person that I uh, that I interviewed, and that the, oh, the radio I? show was. I thought there. it was the second one. Okay, I'm the. Well, it was an editorial uh, decision to, to start with uh, with the presentation of your of your work. Um, well, it started all by the end of 2014, just by an invitation of the editor of the series um, of interviews called uh, "Reality of Space" by uh, Evelina Turkovic. She wanted to expand the pool of of speakers. And think it's because uh, in previous cycles, uh, most of the topics, or all of the topics, were actually covering um, either the local scene or, let's say, the regional scene. So the interviews, interviews were conducted in Croatian or Serbian or Bosnian or whatever we like to to call it. We actually like to call it the uh, our language. Mm. So in a way, um, it was. It was challenging because the interviews were conducted via Skype, so there was not a, the perfect technological uh, support. But of course, more important uh, were the speakers and actually their fields of, of, of work. Um, after you and and a talk on uh, weaponized architecture, you know, architecture as a, as as a war tool in a, in, in a sense, in this uh, political way, let's say, I have been also talking talking with um, Market Shoshan, Market Shoshan from uh, the first, uh, first studio on architecture as, as, as conflict, in a way, in the recent, not recent, but recent in Croatia refugee crisis, uh, this spring I have been talking with the uh, With a Turkish researcher and architect Merve Bedir mm. on the on the situation in on the situation in 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 Turkey, and so many different ways uh, of actually how Turkey is uh, address 
addressing refugees that is even visible from the language. So we were talking about the language of uh, hospitality uh, in a way and uh, differences from um, mm, refugees. Uh, she called them as urban refugees as there are different uh, systems of, let's say, um, Classification. Classification, yes. In, in, in Turkey, whether the refugees are sit situated in satellite cities or in urban tissues or in refugee camps, and etc. Et Besides these topics, uh, I have been also talking with, um, let's say, architect artists, whether was it Samir Intala from Finland or actually Norway on, on, on his work, or with Pascal Flanner from um, from Switzerland actually explaining uh, his work and the influence of uh, the Japanese uh, thought in, in his project, especially Kazuo Shinohara. And um, besides that, so the, the subtitle of the series is called From from Poet from Politics to Poetics or From Poetics to, to Politics. So it's a really wide range. Uh, really wide range of different uh, approaches uh, uh, in architecture, but also not just uh, in architecture. But for the moment, I have been talking, let's say, with people that have some kind of um, architectural background, at mm -hmm. least trained trained in architecture. It was um, very important to end the last cycle, so we have finished uh, two cycles for now with with Teddy Cruz. And the topics of cross-border citizenship, and of course, uh, to go to the very beginning of um, his research on the transborder um, urbanism and the transformations of uh, city uh, Tijuana and, and, and San Diego. So, and uh, yeah, I, th I think all many of those people. Uh, I mean, many of us collaborate on our regular basis so I think there's something quite uh, uh, beautiful in this little community of, of thinking or around similar topics without necessary I mean with a, a bit of overlapping but mostly with each uh, specific specificity so uh, I think it's a it's a fantastic series um, but maybe uh, now starting to address uh, the question that uh, we will talk about today which mm. is Uh, those um, migratory path uh, that uh, we hear so much about, but maybe we are lacking of uh, uh, we're lacking of a sort of uh, deeper analysis and the journalist journalistic one. Um, we will talk about your work, uh, your research work that uh, um, fall under the name of Intermundia. But before doing so, and to be Uh, to maybe finish uh, the specificity of this series uh, of the, in the Western Balkans. Uh, could you tell us a little bit um, uh, the situation in Croatia regarding uh, the thousands of uh, refugees that have been uh, either crossing the country or even uh, stopping at some point uh, on their way from, uh, from Iraq, from Afghanistan, from Syria? So, um, at the moment, the situation is literally changing from an hour to an hour. Uh, for instance, it was just two weeks ago, 
start with a group of um, friends. Uh, we have been um, collecting any kind of aid in Zagreb, not as a specific organization in any kind of formation of Red Cross or something like that. It was just a self-organized uh, group of people wanting to ship everything back to the pressure to the Serbian Macedonian uh, borders and everything and all of a sudden you hear the news that actually of course the borders were closed at that moment to, um, the Serbian um, Hungarian border and that all the buses were directed to Croatia so um, in the last two weeks apparently according to the um, to the press and I also have to check uh, from today there have been around 80,000 uh, refugees coming across, mostly in transit, uh, through through Croatia. Mm, these numbers, I'm not sure how much uh, correct they are, but uh, at the moment um, there is not that many number of refugees definitely in Zagreb and uh, the whole system was prepared only for the transit situation of a couple of hours ago. To a couple of days, uh, to a couple of days, the most, and uh, uh, the refugees w- were passed through the Slovenian uh, Slovenian border in sort of a trajectory trajectory route. But uh, this is just the present, let's say, calm down situation. Uh, I believe that in the following months, um, Croatia will be. Either receiving from the Western, from the Western Europe, or from from the Western Balkan, as you you call it, uh, more refugees. And for that situation, we are definitely not not prepared. Um, most of the people are actually thinking of um, in addressing the refugee crisis in just you know this either this humanitarian aid or in the, into this. Accommodation, accommodation aid and um, um, let's say talking from the architectural architectural scene um, people are really not uh, uh, open to the idea of, of actually you know um, changing our everyday changing our everyday you know urban environment in a in a way because either uh, the topics are addressed of Ideas, you know, those uh, standard ideas of actually populating the unpopulated parts of uh, of Croatia. We know that there are, uh, we know that there are many. Uh, and just about, I don't know, um, bringing um, bringing more political. Uh, political, um, I don't know how to call it, you know, action or advocacy within, uh, within the architectural, within the architectural scene. I have been um, dealing with this um, topics of, of migration even in the last uh, uh, 10 years and, and it wasn't a hot topic now, like it's a, it's, it's a, it's a burning question and, um, uh, I seriously don't know how to, how to, how we are going to uh, 
address it in the next couple of months you know i i, I was kind of seeing uh, this this scenario happening already through the last uh, the last year there was one silly silly project uh in at the storefront for art and architecture in, in new york it was called letter to your mayor or letters to your mayor and it was just one letter that i was writing to the mayor of zagreb milan bandic trying to um, put uh, to put some pressure on the on the topic of of actually um, this uh, reflux uh, this influx of refugees happening in the in the very near future in the city of Zagreb and nobody being prepared uh, for this for this situation apparently the letter was was mailed to the mayor but of course it had no it had no response mm-hmm. um maybe to to uh, allow myself to give my opinion in the, in the matter which i'm not sure mm-hmm. is a very wise thing to say, to do since uh, i'm i'm not uh, i'm not on top of uh, of um, of the problem but it also seems to me that it, it part of part of what needs to be done is is less active than passive <laughs> and by that i mean that the, the very first thing that would really help is to actually not put obstacles on the way of this migratory path. And, and here I'm obviously talking about the borders, but I'm also talking about just any, uh, any sort of uh, police action, uh, however aggressive, like in Hungary, or more polite, let's say, in, in Austria or mm-hmm. wherever. Uh, but so... Just like in architecture, I tend to more and more advocate for uh, uh, almost uh, some sort of withdrawal. Sometimes a sort of uh, a, a sort of salutary withdrawal. I'm, I'm wondering if that would not be at least the first the first uh, salutary action to do, which is to to do less actually, because what is done right now is actually more hurting than if nothing was done, so to speak. But I don't know. That's also me talking a little bit too abstractly uh, uh, regarding problems that have a, a very incarnated reality. But uh, but maybe uh, to to really um, um, to to show as well how much uh, we tend to understand those problems through uh, the press, whatever the, whatever it might be here. I mean, I, I think it's uh, it's really the way it's been. Uh, editorializing the problem, uh, whatever it takes, uh, the fact that we went from uh, a very strong focus on what on the those migratory trajectory through uh, deadly uh, deadly trajectories uh, through the Mediterranean Sea, uh, and then many people were saying that we should also talk about the path uh, via the Earth. Uh, via the, the continent uh, and now it's, it seems like the, the exact opposite is happening we, we are talking about um, this region and the, and the, the, the thousands of, uh, of refugees fleeing um, uh, crossing this region but all of a sudden it's like if there was no more people dying in Mediterranean Sea um so uh coming to your project that uh intermundia that uh, deals uh with um a very particular 
uh, piece of land in the Mediterranean Sea. I mean, the, the Lampedusa Island with a, a very a very particular history because it is it is only a few dozens of kilometers from Tunisia. It's a it's a it's an Italian island, um, and uh, I guess we we can come back to that. But can you maybe as a project tell us a little bit what was the the context of this exhibition and that mm-hmm. turned into a book as well? Sure. Um, so Intermundia um, was um, Intermundia was a curatorial and let's say artistic research on uh, trans-European and intra-European migration, focusing on the Italian piece of land, piece the smallest piece of island, like you said, clo- closer to Tunisia than to Sicilian Italian mainland. It was uh, one of the topics that were offered to cover in a, a broader topic of one of the three uh, exhibitions happening at the last year's Venice Biennale, Biennale of Architecture, um, Fundamentals, the part called Monde Italia, trying to portray the Italian society as as a sort of a, well, even they expected as a sort of a paradigmatic Western uh, society. So one of the topics uh, was the outposts. And um, so there was the, uh, uh, there was the outpost of the Center for Illegal Migrants, as it was called, uh, on the island of Lampedusa. It was the, It was the uh, it was the topic that uh, interested me the most, and that in a way was connected to some previous uh, endeavors that we were trying to do here in in Croatia, for instance, when we were young students with the group of my colleagues and friends that I have co- co-founded uh, a non-governmental organization called Archi Squad, like the Squad for the architecture of conscience, whatever we have been calling it, um, we have tried to enter a competition that in the end turned out to be just a construction bid to um, refurbish the Center for Illegal Migrants for Foreigners here in, in Croatia. So in the beginning the, the research kind of wanted to um, investigate the different typologies of camps and shelters and also to reflect on the trajectories of migration routes let's say through the Italian soil or the connection that was interesting uh, to me is actually that uh, during or at, by the end of the Second World War there have been a trajectory of Dalmatian, so Croatian uh, refugees uh, fleeing uh, of course, via the Adriatic Sea to, to Italy and then to um, Egypt and the peninsula of Sinai, where were huge um, refugee camps that lasted, you know, just tent-like cities that lasted for a couple of years. Uh, and even my uh, father's side of the family has been situated in, in, in certain camps. So... Uh, when I started the, the research, it was in a really tight um, financial and, and, and a timely span. Uh, 
so I just directly focused on Lampedusa and and left uh, I mean and visited the island which at the moment has been abandoned or actually the the center was under reconstruction so after months and months of writing and asking for any kinds of certifications or, 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 or permissions to enter the to enter the center I got the chance and entered and there were just like six Italian Italian soldiers uh, working there um, of course they were reconstructing a couple of billions and, and building more capacity to to receive uh, to receive refugees but at the point nobody was using that term but in a way just as migrants as sub-Saharian um, uh, or um, Arabic migrants coming to mm. coming to Italy. So at that point, I turned my focus to the local uh, local community and spent my days there best of actually talking with the people. Of course, before going to Lampedusa, there was um, there was a research involving. Um, uh, inspecting all the documents of Migra Europe, the the organization, which is an international organization of forty or, or more NGOs, actually for the last ten years, uh, um, working on this issue and collecting data on the Mediterranean uh, basin, uh, and preparing for uh, and preparing for Lampedusa. What was interesting on uh, on Lampedusa? Um, it's really the tiniest, uh, the tiniest island with maybe just six thousand uh, inhabitants. That, in the way, um, and a U.S. army base. Yeah, that's quite. That's not innocence. It's it's been a it's been a military uh, military outpost for uh, quite it, a few decades now. No, no. In a way, you know, migration and this very hot. Um, military geopolitical uh, position uh, has been recognized, you know, since forever. In a way, speaking with um, speaking with uh, with the locals, they have found the migration, you know, as a perfectly natural ph phenomenon. Problematic with just the years, let's say, starting in two thousand and one, with the. Uh, with the reflections of the uh, mm, uh, with the Arab Spring uprising, uh, when there was the influx that was greater than actually the uh, the number of um, uh, of the inhabitants of of the island. So, like just you know, out of once uh, there is like six thousand inhabitants and ten thousands of uh, of migrants uh, left there on their own with any kind of either state or European uh, intervention. And um, what you're talking about, the army base, uh, yes, even during the, the Second World War, it was, um, it was an important, uh, it was an important, uh, it was an important strategic point that was even, um, there were stories and of course it was uh, it was it was real uh, but I really can't remember now actually who it was repeating up to which to which side uh, the on the on the island so um, with the inhabitants um, it was important to find 
this uh, connection with the denied citizenship and in a way solid solidarizing with uh, uh, with the necessity and with the notion of a migratory identity uh, let's say but even in, in in the way they were like the the very best people of, of having really wide conceptions of what we were mentioning maybe in the beginning of the of the interview this transborder citizenship in a way of not belonging to to any state definitely not belonging to uh, or, or or feeling like an Italian citizen or feeling like uh, a European citizen so um, for me uh, I, I have found it very very interesting and I wanted to connect the urgency um, of migrations from from Africa to to Europe also with the intra-european migrations and and also this forced uh, economic uh, migration in a way of of uh, trying to put uh, um, let's say the different groups not to say the different um, the different um, uh, backgrounds of, of migrants coming from Africa or actually from uh, European migrants being forced you know uh, in work uh, just forced to, to, to work mm, sorry no. there was a way of trying to uh, there was a w uh, there was a need to talk about um, to talk about the erosion, the social erosion of our, of our lives, and and trying to connect these alternative worlds into one, and trying to connect the the migrants with the with the the forced migrations in Europe, whether in younger populations of of actually you know like creating a new dangerous a new European class, a new dangerous European class. So. If I was clear enough, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, maybe to go back to um, to this uh, detention center that you were describing, I, th I think maybe we need to be very clear that mm -hmm. we're talking about a carceral environment. People are being uh, people are being um, are hosted there after uh, they were arrested, right? So. Were were the, I mean you show photos in the in the book and in the exhibition mm -hmm. that shows the the very um, the extremely poor conditions of yeah. life it must have been for uh, what, how, however long people were staying there and I mean I can relate also this conversation to a previous conversation I've been having with uh, Tings Tings Jack who's been uh, documenting the Canadian uh, uh, detention center and. Every it feels like every um, discursive effort to distinguish them from prison is a very risky move in so far that mm. um, uh, they might not qualify uh, administratively as prison, but as architects, uh, as the architects that we are, it very much re responds to the typology of a, of a carceral environment, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, they're called uh, centers for illegal migrants or first aid centers. There was a first aid center before uh, on Lampedusa as well, but those are just prison, prison-like uh, conditions. 
migrants they were not allowed uh, to walk freely on the on the island. Of course, maybe during you know the state of ex- exception with the with the greatest influx when everybody was literally you know just lying on the waterfront or sleeping or even. Um, Mm, no way, it's silly to say, but squatting, you know, empty uh, tourist uh, colonies and, and, and facilities uh, on the island. So there shouldn't be no illusion when we talk of centers uh, for migrants that they're just basically prisons. Prisons. Uh, um, it is the same situation, it was the same situation here in, in Croatia at the very at the single uh, center then in 2000 and I don't know six for illegal migrants uh, which was actually some sort of a motel on a, on a highway from Zag- from Belgrade to to Zagreb uh, that had uh, that was fenced out of course and had bars on on all the windows and a very monitored route of actually any kind of outdoor um, stay so um but yes besides uh, documenting uh, the the center uh, the center one of the sites that was highly interesting was called like the cemetery of the of the boats on Lampedusa where all the uh, broken ships were were put and it is a very unusual situation of being in all impressed with the with the pile of 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 broken uh, pieces of uh, of a ship and also finding uh, personal items among all of uh, all of that there was a really interesting group of people on Lampedusa that I need to mention that are also organizing um, festivals uh, international festivals um, that started a sort of a movement and let's say like an empty museum because without any preconception let's say they started collecting uh, the drifted um, items that they found you know on the shores of uh, of Lampedusa and in this little empty museum community center you know it, it was like called the center for I don't know culture and, and, and politics so they have also um, educational programs and everything and let's say the facade of the center is plastered in the in the pieces of, of wood from the uh, from the broken from the broken ships um, so basically after returning home from uh, from Lampedusa it was very difficult how to how to present present this condition um, to um, to um, a participant, not just a participant, but uh, a visitor of the Venice Biennale. So um, next to this, let's say, um, political narrative, I wanted to fully immerse the the visitor into the state that I was actually feeling when I was uh, was there and at, at this urgency of actually react, not just to be effectively uh, solidarized or in empathy. So the important part of the of the work presented there was um, 
a light and sound installation in a coffin-like space that was actually that came out of the, the design of the designated space for each curatorial research work, uh, where the visitors could enter and be submerged into the sounds of um, the actual field recordings for from from Lampedusa, let's say from the wind blowing through the cemetery of the of the boats, but in a way of entering complete darkness and with the with that sound we managed to destabilize the notion of of one's own body of any kinds of spatial coordinates and it was necessary and, and needed in in a way to to show and to present actually the the whereabouts uh, which was of course done through a light dramaturgy uh, in the end uh, facing the the visitor with um, um, with an excerpt from an interview of one local with uh, a statement of actually uh, an inhabitant of Ampelapedusa saying that he is the African, that he is the other one. It was called, he said it, of course, in Italian, Io sono africano, and in a way, uh, I liked it present. I liked it presented as a graffiti on the wall because what I found interesting also in all the, in all these conditions of confinement, how people have the urge to feel to leave to leave any kind of trace uh, a scratch and that was also one of the important motives that 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 we have been documenting inside the inside the center for illegal migrants so basically um in in manifestations like this where you have rows and rows of of works exhibited uh it was important even for a second you know to to stop and to and to uh, catch a visitor to to start to think of this quite an important quite an important topic so for me that was more important um, that was more important than to be uh, continuing the research in any kind of let's say architectural design or something like that which I find very uh, very problematic so um in a way, um, the the entire Monditalia exhibition was meant to present Italy through, let's say, a geographical uh, scan. So the entire exhibition actually started with uh, with Lampedusa and then carried on to the northern borders of uh, of Italy with one also very interesting uh, project called Italian Limes that was actually. Um, discussing borderlines in a sense of uh, them not being stable stable of uh, um, actually introducing the notion of of mi migrant of migrant borders of migrant uh, borderlines uh, simply by the effect of glaciers uh, um, melting melting down and and changing uh, and changing its coordinates mm -hmm. Uh, 
Well, maybe we can. Uh, I, I mean, I can probably say that you even have a mention for this uh, for the, uh, for this um, exhibition. So I think it was uh, widely appreciated and probably. Um, I mean, uh, uh, probably one of the uh, rare uh, projects that uh, really had a sense of urgency uh, in. Um, in this uh, big uh, architecture summit, so to speak, but mm -hmm. uh, can can the listeners find the book somewhere? Is that uh, or not quite yet? Actually, um, the book is in distribution, yeah. and Mortal Library from Berlin has it's it. it. Yeah, yeah, has it. So check out the Mortal website <laughs> for Intermundia. I should really mention that I was so lucky. I mean, I had a really fantastic group of uh, collaborators um, that uh, were really co-authored uh, either through, let's say, visual design or, or, or graphic design with Rafaela Dražić. Uh, we have, um, after the Biennale for the show in Zagreb, we redesigned the oversized book that actually each, each visitor could have flipped through. In um, in a way of this intermundia inter inter something you know the um, <laughs> let's say the in betweenness you know that was uh, trying to be addressed mm. either um, between worlds yeah mm. either literally spatially or either you know phenomenologically so it was also uh, addressed the. Uh, Uh, the publication uh, design and also um, two authors this sound artist and 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 a colleague that actually work in a, in a tandem uh, Bojan Gagic and, and Miodrag Gladovic who were working on the uh, on the sound and the, mm. and the light and the light design Great. Well, Anna Dana, thank you so much for uh, finishing this uh, series uh, of uh, of seven interviews in uh, in Bosnia, Serbia, Hungary, Slovenia, and Croatia. And uh, I, I'm sure that uh, uh, many I already know that many of the listeners will be very happy to hear you for knowing your work from a long time. Thank you so much. Thank you.